we'd like to welcome you back to part three of our current event and weekly Bible study for August 23rd, 2015. Continuing on this, um, on the reports that we're playing, this next uh, report, which kind of ties into a lot of the stuff I've been getting into in recent weeks, and then also what we're talking about today, is potential money crash, September 2015, and the Shemitah. So let's go ahead and play this one. Dollar Vigilante, Jeff Berwick, he's been in, interviewed on InfraWars. He's one of the guys I quoted earlier. Um, <clears throat> global economic collapse is approaching. Signs that we should be watching for uh, to really kind of indicate when something big is about to happen. Um, he's going to break down some of these signs as well as give you some suggestions how to protect yourself from this coming economic collapse. All right, joining me now, Jeff Berwick. He is the chief editor of the Dollar Vigilante, uh, you know, world-famous financial analyst. I know you've got uh, living there in beautiful Acapulco. We can see that behind you. Uh, Jeff, you started Canada's largest financial website, Stockhouse.com, in 1994, uh, the Dollar Vigilante in 2010. We brought you on the show today because you recently produced a video. It's gone viral. Uh, it's called Shemitah Exposed, Financial Crisis Planned for September 2015. So tell us, what is the Shemitah exactly and why should we be concerned about it? Well, of course, first of all... Now, understand, this guy is not a Christian. Okay? He's not a Christian, this guy. And he's still coming to this conclusion based on what he's seen about with this Shemitah. So, you know, uh, <clears throat> a huge expert in this field and then also coming to the same conclusions that a lot of the people that are uh, looking at the Shemitah from a religious standpoint are coming to. Well, thank you very much, Leanne. It's a real pleasure to be on with you. A big fan of InfoWars. Uh, as far as the Shemitah goes, I started something called the Dollar Vigilante in 2010, expecting a financial and uh, a collapse of the U.S. dollar within five to ten years. And we're now five years in, and I'm starting to see a lot of the first signs of this beginning to happen. But it wasn't until recently that I came across something called the Shemitah after reading a book by Jonathan Kahn called The Harbinger. And it really seemed to show that every seven years, which is the Shemitah, so the Shemitah is a uh, Judaic religion, uh, something in the in the Judaic religion where every seven years they uh, wash away all debts, and they uh, uh, that's essentially what they what they say in their religion. And actually, if you look at the exact date of the end of the Shemitah year, every seven years, it seems like some sort of major market or financial calamity seems to happen. And this is what I started to look into. So I looked back at the last one, which was in 2008, which was September 29th. That was the last major market. Uh, crisis collapse and that uh, on that day the market fell 777 points then you go back seven years prior to that was September 17th to 2001 that was the exact end date of the Shemitah in 2001 and the markets uh, that was the first day that the US stock markets opened after 9-11 and the markets fell 7% on that day uh, you can keep going back uh, every seven years 1994 was the bond market massacre of course 1987 was Black Monday 
so uh, the, the, these things seem to have some sort of uh, reason or some sort of a plan to them, or at least the, the markets seem to adhere to it. So I've been looking at, at this year coming up. We're actually in a Shemitah year right now, and it actually ends on September 13th of this year. So I'm looking at the September 13th date, and when I started looking into that date, I started to realize there is a lot of things happening all around that date of major significance, including, as you guys know very well, I follow your coverage of Jade Helm uh, very much. That ends on September 15th, so that's a very interesting date. Uh, September 15th is also the 70th uh, UN Jubilee session, where world leaders will be around the world, including the Pope in New York on that day. And then the day after that, the Federal Reserve is having a meeting where they may increase uh, interest rates by 0.25%, which alone can totally uh, destroy this entire debt-based financial and economic system. Mm. And it's interesting that it's being called the Jubilee, because isn't this the Jubilee year as well? Yes, that's right. Uh, so every 50 years, so every seven, seven Shemitahs, which is 49, you have to be good at math or at least know football. That's how I do my sevens. Uh, so every 49 years, yeah, after that year, every 50th year is called the Jubilee. Uh, the last one was in 1967, and that's was when uh, Israel won the, the uh, I forget how many days it was, five-day war or six-day war, I believe it was called. And then before that it was when the British Empire took over Israel. And so on the Jubilee year, according to Jew Jewish religion, is something uh, the Israel, uh, the Jew Jewish people are supposed to get back uh, their land that was taken away from them. So I'm, I'm also watching that for next year because we're also seeing uh, in the UN they're going to be voting on a Palestinian state in this September. So there's a lot going on that is all tied into this Shemitah. Wow, that's very interesting. Now, do you think that this Shemitah cycle could be um, exploited by criminal elements within the banking uh, elite? Uh, well, the banking elite are criminal elements uh, to start with, of course, and the government as well. Uh, the governments and central banks are criminal entities. They're, they're uh, anti-freedom, evil, uh, anti-human organizations. And, uh, yeah, of course, uh, th th they've sort of planned these things out. If you look back throughout history, even the Great Depression, that uh, the, ma the main market drop during the Great Depression was during the Shemitah year in 1931-32. And... Uh, they plan that out. That's actually been fairly proven now that they actually plan to take away liquidity from the market, uh, get the market to go down massively, and then buy up all the stock. I don't know if that's what they're doing this time because a lot's changed since 1930, uh, but there definitely seems to be something planned for this September or maybe October. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of uh, different signs and, and people kind of predicting a lot of different things happening here this fall. Um, so what happens if these signs are accurate? Well, there's, there's really no way to know. There's so many things going on. I've been predicting that we're going to see a major market crisis collapse or an end of the monetary system as we know it anyway in the next couple of years. So uh, even if nothing major happens in September, October, I still uh, recommend to people to be very safe, uh, to follow a lot of the advice that we're giving at the Dollar Vigilante and to uh, start to get out of the financial system and monetary systems because even if it doesn't happen this fall, it's going to happen in the next few years, uh, almost baked in the cake. Right. I was kind of researching that myself. Um, it's, it does sort of go in cycles. It's the real estate cycle um, and then I guess the bond market or something. What, what's the next um, card to fall? 
Well, what you're talking about are bubbles that are created by central bank money printing. So the tech bubble was one. After the tech bubble collapsed, Paul Krugman called for a housing bubble, and he got it. That collapsed in 2007. Uh, that's now turned into a, a government debt bubble, which is absolutely massive, uh, which will collapse at some point and take down the entire financial, monetary, and economic system with it. And that will happen in the next few years. So uh, people who are paying attention to what's going on in Greece, if you live in the U.S., that's going to happen in the U.S. It's actually going to be even worse in the U.S., so I advise people to prepare now. Yeah, we're already starting to see that, I guess, happen in Puerto Rico, um, but Obama says there's not going to be any Greece-style bailout of, uh, for Puerto Rico. So what are some things that you suggest for people to start doing now? Well, I've been recommending all along to get out of the financial system as much as possible. Get your money outside of the U.S. if possible. Uh, we have a lot of that sort of information at thedollarvigilante.com. Uh, get into precious metals, hard assets, anything that Janet Yellen can't counterfeit or turn into worthlessness, which she's going to do with the U.S. dollar, is a good idea. Mm. And so what do you think about everything that's going on uh, with China? <clears throat> Well, I think China is really just a precursor to what we're going to be seeing globally. Uh, if you look back at 2007, the last time the, there was a major Chinese stock market collapse was in 2007, and of course 2008 is when it all came over in contagion to the U.S. I think the exact same thing's happening right now. It almost looks like a exact repeat of 2007 right now with oil collapsing, Chinese stock market collapsing, Greece again having problems. They always have problems, though, so that's normal. Uh, and commodities going down. Uh, we're, even right now, we're seeing, uh, I think, the pre-shocks, the pre-tremors of a uh, major market crisis coming in the fall. We're seeing the Dow that was down seven days in a row. It's down big again today. I think these are just the uh, pre-shocks towards a major crisis. Mm. And, and so do you think that those are the, the little small signs, or is there one big thing that, that it's going to signal to you, like, this is it? Uh, no, I, I, there's no one big thing. There's there's thousands of black swans in the sky, as far as I can tell. And uh, there's so many black swans in the sky that it's almost becoming an eclipse, in my opinion. Uh, anything can set it off. The Arab Spring was set off by just one person in a market in Tunisia lighting himself on fire because he couldn't afford to live anymore. That set off the entire Arab Spring. So you have no way to know what's going to set it off. But something's going to happen, if not this fall, soon enough that I'd, I'd rather be a year early than a day too late in this sort of event. Yeah, absolutely. I've already kind of started arranging some of those things myself. Uh, well, Jeff Berwick, the chief editor of Dollar Vigilante, so people can find more information there um, and find some ways that they can actually move their money around and, and get out of the dollar market here, right? Yes, absolutely. Just go to dollarvigilante.com, put your email in, and we'll send you information every day. Or if you want to check out our viral video on Surviving Shemitah, just go to surviveshemitah.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay, so we have that. Um, then we have this quote from Michael Snyder's website, End of the American Dream. Um, Pope Francis arrives at the White House to meet with Barack Obama. Some have suggested that the timing of the event is highly unusual. Francis is the 266th Pope who will be meeting with President Obama on the 266th day of the year leading one internet preacher to wonder if something is being birthed on that day, since it's 266 days is the typical human gestation period from conception to birth. So, just a lot of stuff <clears throat> going on um, now in, in into, you know, mid-September into early October. It looks to be a uh, potentially very uh, 
chaotic time. Then we have this two-day stock market crash that we just experienced was larger than any one-day stock market crash in U.S. history. And an 888-point crash comes in the eighth month of our calendar year. So that just happened. Then we have this report. <clears throat> the global economy is officially melting down. On August 23rd, 2015, years of bailouts and monetary expansion have created one of the most inflated and artificial economic booms in history. And now it appears that this global economic bubble is deflating. Markets across the board are melting down as we speak, and the financial crash that supposedly fringe analysts have been predicting since 2008 is finally upon us. Take a look at what is going down right now. The Dow has fallen 1,300 points from its peak. On Friday alone, it fell 530 points, making it the ninth worst stock market crash in U.S. history. Um, <clears throat> that's pretty significant. Shanghai Composite fell more than 11% this week. All told, China's stock market has lost a third of its value since its previous peak, and the only thing holding it up is their government's intervention. It lost 4% of its value on Friday after it was re revealed that their manufacturing activity had reached 77-month low. Then, 400, 400 of the world's richest people lost a total of $182 billion this week, amounting to 6.3% of their collective wealth. When the people who benefit the most from inflated markets are getting hurt, you know the bubble is about to burst. Then, commodities have fallen to a 13-year low. The price of copper has reached a 6-year low, while oil has suffered uh, its longest decline since 1986. The last one is very telling, as you can always tell when the global economy is in bad shape based on the value, value of various commodities. Um, it's one of the strongest indicators for the economy since it reveals how real and tangible goods are being produced. Curiously, many of these commodities have been falling in value throughout the supposed recovery that we've been in since 2009. The only commodity that is doing well right now is gold, which has reached a six-week high and just had its best week since January. Given the safe haven status that gold holds, it's clear that the confidence in the U.S. dollar and the global economy is slowly slipping. Anyone who thinks that global markets will simply bounce back and what has occurred over the past few weeks is downright crazy. Um, then, I mean, you're just I'm just looking at a lot of the top stories on some of these alternative news reports. Uh, Red alert, prepare this weekend because Monday could take many by surprise. Disaster on the horizon. There's a whole video there on what could happen as the global uh, stock markets open up on Monday. So, you know, that's their uh, epic collapse rant dow jones is going to lose 10,000 points then the next one warning the great reset is coming very soon bill holler i'm reading this right off the internet this isn't even in my study uh i mean just one thing after another after another after another uh alarming warning financial crisis 2015 Dollar Collapse, CIA Insider um, interview. Oh, man. I mean, just one thing after another on this. And that's just the economic side. That's not even really getting into a lot of the other scenarios that, that could happen here. So, uh, perilous times ahead. I could say that uh, with relative certainty at this point. Switching gears here. Looking at our time here. Um, 
And again, I believe these types of reports, like we're getting into next, is a big reason why things have gotten so bad and why, um, you know, the world at large is, is going to be under God's judgment. Sexual orientation in the UK, half of the young people say, in the UK, they are not 100% heterosexual. Half. 18 to 24-year-olds in Britain define themselves as something other than completely heterosexual, study finds. According to a new YouGov survey, 49% of 18 to 24-year-olds in Britain define themselves as something other than completely heterosexual. The Kinsey scale that debauched devil Kinsey invented, who invented a scale in the 1940s, placed people in a range of sexual preferences from exclusively heterosexual at zero to exclusively homosexual at six. In the YouGov study, individuals were asked to put themselves on that sexuality scale. In total, 72% of British public scored themselves at a completely heterosexual end of the scale. And these are all the people older, though. Okay, In total, the population scored themselves at 70% totally heterosexual. While 4% were at the completely homosexual end, with 19% of the population stating they were somewhere in between, classified as either as basically bisexual by Kinsey. One of the most striking findings of the new study is that each generation people see their sexuality as being less, less fixed and more fluid. Just really shows you the degradation of society. You know, more and more, um, especially the younger generations, are increasingly, I'm seeing with the males in that 18 to 24 range, increasingly getting that homosexual vibe. Um, and yeah, some of, and, and again, it's by design, true, yes, BPAs in the plastic, endocrine disruptors in the personal care products, um, who knows all of the ways that they're hyper-feminizing. I mean, I, I went into that not too long ago, all the ways that men are being hyper-feminized, 10 different points, from the hops in beer, which is an incredibly estrogenic compound, to the BPA in, in you know, in the plastics, um, a lot of social conditioning as well, and hyperfeminization of, of of particularly the men, in particular. Uh, so it goes on to say, the results of the eighteen to twenty four years were particularly telling, with forty three percent of the eighteen to twenty four year olds placing themselves in a nine binary area between. Um, one and five on the scale. It's remember it's a zero to six scale. One and five is somewhere in between. Forty forty three percent of them said that, and fifty two percent percent placed themselves at one end or the other. Of these, only forty six percent say they are completely heterosexual. So between, I mean, this is unbelievable. In the eighteen and twenty four year olds polled. Only 46% said that they are completely heterosexual. Well, you know, 
that gray area in God's eyes, I think you, you, you jump right off into the abyss. You start jumping right off into it. 46%, that's all? The thing is, is this is a demonic thing as well, obviously. If, you're, if you put yourself as, um, okay, completely homosexual, six. Zero is completely heterosexual. If you put yourself at a one, it will be no surprise you wait a few years later and you're at a two or three, if not accelerate. If you explore those feelings and you start to engage in sexual activity with the same sex, you're going, you going on the mega adopted demon program. And guaranteed that you're going to get closer and closer to that, that uh, exclusively homosexual the more you do it, the more you mess with it. It's a demonic grading gradient we're dealing with here. And this is getting worse with every generation. Satan is trying to create literally Sodom and Gomorrah on the planet. I don't think the people in Sodom and Gomorrah were real tolerant of other people's belief systems. They were, they, you know, they were about ready to, to annihilate Lot and his family as it was, it sounded like to me. And that's the way Satan wants to create this whole world. That type of environment. I mean, this is just unbelievable, these statistics. Public opinion seems to accept the concept that sexual orientation exists along a continuum rather than being either a choice, an either-or choice between being straight and gay. So now it's this big gray area, which Satan loves. According to the YouGov, 60% of heterosexuals support this idea, as do 43, no, as do 73% of homosexuals, in meaning this gradient. Um... They're, they're accepting, even the heterosexuals are accepting the whole thing about it. it's, this, it's this big gray gradient area now. 73% of homosexuals accept it, 60% of heterosexuals accept it. So now see, everybody's brainwashed into thinking that that's okay. Ah, it's okay to be somewhere in the middle, you know, as long as you're not too far in the homosexual thing. I mean, a one or two is okay. Ah, uh, Wow. I mean, really, signs of the time that we're looking at here. Okay, and then to our next report. People increasingly mutilate themselves now to look demonic um, as possible as transhumanist movement grows. Debased humanity growing, growing's fascina uh, growing fascination with transforming the natural human appearance into the likeness of demonic entities is gaining traction through the movement known as transhumanism, which we've done many studies on that. You just can't transhumanism in the uh, keyword search box. And this is the whole humanity 2.0. This is this whole humanity upgrade where we're going to be as gods, like the serpent promised Eve in the garden and we're going from the age of, of uh, Pisces into the age of Aquarius. We're going from the old world order into the new world order. And where we're going to be basically injected with nanorobots. We're going to have neural implants. We're going to be half human, half machine. We're going to have all types of, of um, well, a lot of them are tattoos. We're going to, obviously, the mark of the beast is going to be the centerpiece for the whole thing. You're going to have um, foreign DNA 
in your body where you're not going to be fully human they're already trying to do that with the vaccines so this is all these are the guys though on the real cutting edge of that these are the satanic devils that are it's really near and dear they can't get into hell quick enough these these transhumanists especially the ones that are mutilating their bodies like this with all of the the implants and the gauges in their ears and in the in the tattoos and the piercings and all of that garbage um mutilation of the bodies branding and things of this nature they're so infested and full of demons they can't wait to get into hell they want to look so bad like their father the devil that a lot of them just mutilate to the point where they look nothing more than like these just hideous monsters and they think it's really cool they split their tongue in half and do all kind of fun stuff like that and and think that evidently they're cool doing this um this is the um a much a part of this transhumanist movement uh piercings and tattoos are now old news for these folks who are increasingly opting for the literal injection injection of things like silicone devil horns under their skin and here here's a guy with with uh with silicone injections under skins where he has little devil horns with his his uh, bald head with tattoos all over his head and devil horns and nose pierced and, and mouth pierced and huge gauges in his ear and you know just a really fun, fun guy. Um, and he's got internal, the, uh, internal metallic objects and even radio frequency identification chips in their bodies. And while they claim that doing so will help humanity, the concept reeks of the Mark of the Beast scenario warned about in the Bible. Here we have a photo shows the owner of a Denmark-based company known as Cop Cop Copenhagen Body Extremes, who is seen holding a skull, making a devil worship gesture with um, all of his various piercings and things of this nature, um, and devil horns, um, and he's probably displaying the, um, satanic hand gesture as well. Mufi, I guess, Mufi Volna is, according to the one, according to the World Crunch, is one of the ringleaders of this disturbing body mutilation trend. Volna's, who is admittedly, and I guess he's the guy in this picture, yeah, he looks like the guy in the picture. Yeah, he is. Who is admittedly obsessed with, with body mutilation, says he's already microchipped himself and some 300 others as part of a movement to create human hybrid machines, all of the same open source uh, technology advancement. Here you can see Volnitz doing work on one of his customer's arms, um, possibly injecting one of these microchips into it. The point of the microchips, he says, is to supposedly help simplify people's lives and allow them to potentially not have to carry around various forms of identification cash credit cards in the future well the microchip he says um uh Volna's and his followers are pioneering an effort to create that what one of his supporter his supporters describes as connected bodies he says we carry or, or no here's another guy at his shop they asked him for a comment and he says we carry with us loads of personal objects bank cards driver's licenses library cards house keys office keys car keys which have no other goal than to identify us eventually we'll be able to get rid of all that and replace them with one unique digital identification you know what a lot of this revolves around is a lot of it revolves around people um being lazy if you ask me you know, I, I, I get it. Convenience is one thing, but a lot of it is is involved around them have them having to do nothing in order to live their existence. You know, and and this is supposedly the motivation.
behind a lot of this technology. Uh, in other words, Volnes are now benchmarking the push towards a cashless society in which every human being will be expected to prove who they are, make purchases, and engage socially using injected RFID microchips, uh, without which they will it will eventually be difficult, if not impossible, to survive. Well, obviously, the mark of the beast, you won't be able to buy, sell, or trade without it, according to um, the Bible. Satanists now in injecting RFID chips into people's hands throughout Europe and North America. That's another trend that's going on. Um, and the movement isn't just isolated to Denmark. According to Volna's, thousands of his microchips are being shipped to the U.S. in various locales throughout Europe, including the Netherlands, Sweden, Finland, Belgium, and France. These implants will be like our internal organs, purports Haynes. Ominously, our kidneys, livers, our kidneys, our livers, and they'll fulfill their purpose without us even thinking about it. So in other words, they're going to be like autonomous. They're just going to run on autopilot. The image below depicts a spot on the arm, actually on the hand, uh, where an RFID chip was, in, chip was injected. And there's even a tattoo around it to indicate that. All of this, I, I posted the pictures of this disgusting garbage in this PDF. And here's the mutilated face of another body mutilation customer who appears to have had implants injected into his forehead as well as designs branded into his cheek. I mean, you know, it's just totally satanically ridiculous. Then we have this report that just came uh, this week. Hackers finally post stolen uh, Ashley Madison data of married adulterers. Hackers who stole sensitive customer information from the cheating site, AshleyMadison.com, appear to have a good have appear to have made good on their threat to post the data online. Now, they've already dumped another one, but the, at the time of the writing, a data dump of 9.7 gigabytes in size was posted on Tuesday to the dark web using an Onion address accessible only through a Tor browser. Uh, I guess in order to be as non anonymous as possible. The files appear to include account details and logins for some 32 million users of the social networking site, touted as the premier site for married individuals seeking partners for adulterous affairs. Yes, they've got websites like this. Seven years worth, and it's something like life is short, have an affair, I think is their motto, on their, right on their site. Seven years worth of credit card and other payment transactions details are also part of the dump, going back to 2008. The data, which amounts to millions of payment transactions, includes names, street addresses, and email addresses, and amounts paid. And good old Josh Duggar just had to come out and admit not only had he been molesting his sisters at an early age on the whole Duggar thing, but now he had to come out and admit this because he was caught on the Ashley Madison dump, so he was cheating on his wife now as well, um, and uh, doing that as well off Ashley Madison. So, um, you know. And they, I think, well, I think after the first thing happened with him, they immediately took the show off. Or if they haven't, it's, it's gone now for sure, that 19 and counting show. Um, and that's how they want to portray Christians as the biggest hypocrites on the planet. That's how Hollywood wants to portray them. So it, it works perfectly for their agenda. Uh, so this this dump this new dump includes millions of payment transactions, names, street street addresses, email addresses, and amounts paid. AshleyMadison.com 
claimed to have nearly 40 million users. 40 million people up there wanting to commit adultery on their wife. Or the other way around. But most of them were men. It was like, I don't know, 85%, 90% men. Uh, and so all are apparently in the market for clandestine adulterous affairs. Ashley Madison is the most famous name in infidelity and married dating. The site asserts on its homepage. So they're openly, they're glorying in their shame. You know, which reminds me of like yesterday at the, at the Planned Parent abortion clinic, the lady walk around with the most asinine sign I've ever seen in my life. Planned Parenthood saves lives. Putting it, shaking it in some of these Christians' faces like it makes it so. You know, oh, wow, really? Planned Parenthood saves lives. Wow, what incredible logic on, on that end. I mean, what kind of brain surgeon figured out that sign? You know, and talk about just glorying in your shame. Just, just showing yourself to be the biggest fool the, the biggest moron that you could possibly be or reprobate. And here we have Ashley Madison up here. Have an affair today on Ashley Madison. It says thousands of cheating wives and cheating husbands sign up every day looking for an affair. With our affair guarantee package, we guarantee you will find the perfect affair partner. Wow. I mean... I just kind of speechless. You read that, and it's it's beyond comprehension. The Bible has a lot to say about this, and um, just getting into some of those verses. Jeremiah twenty three ten through twelve says, "For the land is full of adulterers, for because of swearing the land mourneth. The pleasant places of the wilderness are dried up, and their course is evil. And again, it may be one of the reasons why you know we're seeing that whole southwest corner of the country drying up. Not only is, yes, the government trying to create that through the chemtrailing and through the other means that they're using through weather modification. But remember, God has to be the one that permits it to happen, though. He, doesn't, he may not be the one doing it directly, but he's permitting it to happen because he controls everything. And so the land is full of adulterers. Uh, the pleasant places of the wilderness are dried up, and their course is evil, and their force is not right. For both prophet and priest are profane. See, that's the core issue of why the land is full of adulterers, because the prophet and the priest are profane. They're all yoked up with the government. They're all on that same side. You got the clergy response teams. You, you got, you know, these corporations called churches totally yoked up with the government through the 501c3 stats. Both the prophet and priest are profane. Yea, in my house have I found their wickedness, saith the Lord. Therefore their ways shall be unto them as slippery ways in the darkness. They shall be driven on and fall therein, for I will bring evil upon them, even the year of their visit, even the year of their visitation, saith the Lord. And I gotta believe if judgment has to begin, you know, judgment must begin at the house of the Lord, like the Bible says, well. Um, that evil is going to be fast approaching, I really believe, the Laodicean corporate lukewarm church very quickly in the year of their visitation. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, Know ye not that neither that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, which would fall into this classification as well, nor idolaters, nor, adult, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, Okay, you have the gay crowd. Nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, 
nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. It doesn't give us a, it doesn't give us a license to sin, but we are justified through the Lord Jesus Christ by his shed blood on the cross. Um, Hebrews 13.4b says, Whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. And then 2 Corinthians, or 2 Chronicles uh, 29.6, For our fathers have trespassed and done that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord our God, and have forsaken him, and have turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord and turned their backs. Now think about it. If these, if this is a site for for people that are married, it doesn't say it's a site for singles. It says it's a site for people that are married who want to have an affair. Okay? Well, the men who comprise the vast majority of Ashley Madison would, most of them, probably a ton of them, are fathers. Even though I know the Bible says call no man father. Meaning what Jesus was saying, but your father in heaven. But you, you understand what I'm saying. For our fathers have trespassed and done that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord our God. I would say 40 million people, the vast majority of the men in an Ashley Madison database wanting to commit adultery is pretty much trespassing and done that which was evil in, in the eyes of the Lord our God. Yeah, I'm not saying, obviously, they're all Christians. I'm sure a lot of them probably go to church on Sunday and play that whole game um, and put on that facade and that act. But, you know, it's just a game. And have forsaken him and have turned their faces from the habitation of the Lord and turned their backs. And then we have Proverbs 5.21. For the ways of a man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth all his goings. So see, there's nothing that we're going to do. We're going to hide from God. You know, and the, I, I, evidently these guys think that because it was a secure database or something, and this and that, that God's not seen it. Or if they maybe just the majority of them don't care because they have no fear of God. Um, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, you know, and this is evil. The eyes of the Lord, and this is Proverbs 15, 3, the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. So there's nothing that you're going to do that you're going to sneak by the Lord, period. Uh, Amos 9, 8, Behold, the eyes of the Lord God are upon the sinful kingdom, and I will destroy it from the face of the earth. <laughs> I got a bad feeling that, that would America would qualify for that uh, based on what we're seeing here. Now, uh, Ashley Madison isn't just people in the U.S. It's all over the world, but I would have to venture to say that the U.S. would comprise the preponderance of their clientele. Uh, <clears> hmm. <throat> 1 Peter 3, 12, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ear is open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And the Bible says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So a lot of times people, So I've been praying about this for years, and this and that, and, and you know, if they're regarding iniquity in the, their heart, the Lord's not going to hear them. You know, that's why you, you pray, uh, Cleanse me of presumptuous sins and secret faults. You know, you, you ask God to do that for you. Um, because a presumptuous sin is a sin you're not presuming is a sin, but you're presuming that. It's presumptuous. But it is a sin in God's eyes. And secret faults, that they would not have dominion over me, you know. And so, 
that's why it's important to uh, pray in that manner. So we have that report. Now, then we have this next report. Freemasons begin open um, promotion of Petrus Romanus, indicating he is the selected harbinger of the final occult world order. Why does Freemasonry, um, an organization condemned by the Catholic Church, openly support Pope Francis? Petrus Romanus, I believe, is this whole last pope thing that they're saying that this Pope Francis is. In an unprecedented development for the first time in history, this organization labeled by previous pontiffs as the synagogue of Satan, meaning Freemasonry, like they've got a lot of room to talk. Roman Catholicism, saying Freemasonry is the synagogue of, of Satan when, when um, you know, they themselves are that very thing, you know, in, in a certain aspect, in a certain regard, you know, Catholic devil workspace, death cult is that. Um, it's openly welcoming now and embracing the Roman Catholic pontiff, the, the Freemasons. Pope Francis' election sparked an almost jubilant outpouring of support and welcome from Freemasons around the world. In fact, as reported by the Masonic Press Agency, several grand lodges in Latin America, Europe, um, uh, and Asia simultaneously welcomed the election of the new Catholic Pope. Unprecedented in the history of the Catholic Church, it is worth reminding the reader that that for the Catholic Church, membership in the Freemasonry means automatic excommunication. Or at least it used to. I don't, I'm kind of wondering if it does now. Cardinal Ratzinger, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, then Prefect of the Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith on November 26, 1983, um, said that, and this was the, you know, Ratzinger was the one ahead of the current uh pope we have now he said in 1983 the faithful who enroll in masonic associations are in a state of grave sin oh yeah again like he's really one to judge what grave sin is um and may not receive holy communion oh bummer consequently neither the excommunication nor the other penalties envisaged have been abrogated so um Numerous popes have condemned Freemasonry, Freemasonry throughout history. Pope Leo the Thirteenth called Freemasonry the synagogue of Satan. If you want to read more about that, there, this is there's a whole report on that. Um, the point is, is what we're seeing is like as the one world government, one world religion in this particular case, because Freemasonry, you know, is really at its core a satanic, Luciferian. Um, Babylonian mystery religion, amalgamation of that. So you're, you're going to see all of these organizations that are wicked and evil start to all get on the same page. And the, the Antichrist and the false prophet are really going to accelerate that process because they want all the wicked religions and organizations all on the same page so that they can all unite against the Lord Jesus Christ and his remnant and that we can be the, the actual centerpiece and focal point of their focus for eradication that that's why they want to get all on the same page it's not going to happen overnight but it is happening um okay so let's go further here yeah we have extra time here um we're going to switch gears here now mexican cartels now run the arizona desert 70 miles inside the border in some places nobody does was the answer that pineal county sheriff paul babu said uh, told Breibart News when asked who has operational control of this region of the United States of America. Nobody does, he said. 
Babu was on a helicopter tour of the Mexican drug cartel scout locations in caves in the side of the mountains throughout the desert about 70 miles inside the U.S. border. Essentially, that means U.S. sovereignty is gone for hundreds, perhaps thousands of square miles throughout the American Southwest. Well, meaning that since we're not securing the borders and they've laid off all these border patrol people and they don't give them ammunition and, and they, you know... Um, well, what's going to happen? Well, you're going to have you're going to start seeing encroachment by the Mexican drug cartels within the United States. Where now now they're controlling huge tracts of land across the border. I mean, you give the devil an inch, he's going to take a mile. Well, this is what's happening here. So essentially, that means U.S. sovereignty is gone for hundreds, for or perhaps thousands of square miles throughout the American Southwest. Babu was the leading leading the helicopter tour with Dr. Ben Carson, uh, GOP presidential candidate candidate after briefing Carson on everything happening at the border. Among other things that Babu showed um, um, Carson in Breibart News on the helicopter tour were how this, how this far inside the border on high ground were the scores of scout sites where cartel operatives serve as lookouts for smugglers bringing in drugs, people, and other contraband into the country. I guess Ben Carson came out, I don't know, I think today, because I saw this, some report on it today where he says we need to go bomb these, these caves and these tunnels where they're doing this, you know. Um, so, yeah, but uh, great idea, but you, you really need to secure the border, you know, at some point in, in all of the ways they're getting through there, obviously. And then, obviously, the biggest thing is to take away the incentives to come into this country, you know. Uh, when all you give is incentives to come in the, into the country, they're going to find a way in, typically. Especially when you have a border that big. So, um, let's go further here. Uh, if they can operate up to this degree, 70 miles north of the border in law enforcement, we, we call that a clue. Uh, Babu said in a recent exclusive interview uh, outside the helicopter after landing at the Pinneal County Sheriff's Office. So yeah, just an absolute massive, gigantic problem that Obama has done everything in his satanic power to escalate and to worsen in his uh, time that he's been our illustrious uh, commander-in-chief leader, you know. And um, the next report relating to all of this is Homeland Security is dumping dumping violent illegal aliens in, into U.S. towns. And, and again, you know, all of these... Homeland Security and, and um, FEMA and all these things, they're just tools of Satan at this point. They're just extensions of Satan. You know, I don't see anything good that they do. It's just Big Brother. It's just about propagating evil. It's just about setting this country up for an absolute total collapse, race war, chaos, looting, pillaging, raping. I mean, all that's coming to this country is, is all of that and so much more. And, and again, we've been looking at that today already and in, in, in previous studies. And, um, you know, I guess that's why it's so, and not just guess, knowing that it's so important to try to draw close to the Lord Jesus Christ and to pray for direction and guidance regarding the days and times that we're moving into. And, um, you know, regarding what your next move would be, you know. Now, the next report is the Department of Homeland Security, DHS, has been releasing illegal immigrants with violent criminal records back into local U.S. communities, where they have often gone on to commit more violent crimes against American citizens. Is what they're doing. They just re-release them back on the street so they can go and rape, kill, steal, and pillage more. 
Uh, according to new disclosures by leading lawmaker and law enforcement agencies, this is what's happening. Representative Matt Salome, Republican out of Arizona, um, and law enforcement officials petitioned the Obama administration on Wednesday to end a policy that enables illegal immigrants with criminal records to be released back into the U.S. And which, you know, I'm, I'm glad that the policy was there in the first place because obviously that's a great policy and who could argue with such a policy as that, you know. Despite the repeated attacks on American citizens by illegal aliens released from our jails, DHS refuses to stop freeing violent criminals who are in our country illegally. So see, if it's wicked, if it's evil, our government is going to permit it, to encourage it, and to enable it. It's becoming more and more that way every single day. Salman wrote a letter to the DHS and, and said that last quote. Then he says, just today we learned of three more individuals set free on law-abiding Arizonians by the Department of Homeland Security, their crimes including beating to death of a seven-week-old baby and the stabbing, beating, and immolation, meaning burning alive, of a police informant. I mean, these people are some of the most cold-blooded evil people on the planet, these Mexican and Central American drug cartel gangs in particular. There is nothing they won't do.